0: Welcome to See You on the Other Side, where the world of the mysterious
1: collides with the world of entertainment. A discussion of art, music, movies, spirituality, the weird, and self discovery. And
2: now, your hosts, musicians and entertainers who have their own weakness for the weird, Mike and Wendy from the band Sunspot.
1: Hi, Wendy. How are you doing? Hey, Mike.
0: I'm good, thanks. How are you?
1: I'm freezing.
0: I'm also freezing. How are you, Allison?
3: I'm great, and I'm so happy that no one's dead this week. I mean, probably (laughs) some people are dead, but I don't think we're going to be talking about any of those dead people. It's nice.
0: And it's the warmest day we've had, I think, this year. Yeah, and you're still still freezing.
3: freezing.
1: (laughs) Well, we're freezing because um, we're in the basement of Cherry Pit Recordings. We're in the pit of Cherry Pit Recording Studios, where we do our sunspot recording. So... Uh, ben is doing guitars today, so you might hear some. Listen
0: carefully. Wait, what? You hear that?
1: Yeah, that's some metal, too. <laughs> ben is summoning our dark lord upstairs.
3: <laughs> He's drinking and... from yeah, so... the goblet of rock. <laughs> we
0: arrived here yesterday and recorded some drums and bass, and now Ben's... Recording some guitars, so mm-hmm. while he's doing that, we're...
1: We're going to do a little podcast and I'm well, talking he, today.
0: Well, he's summoning Satan, we summoned Allison. Yes.
3: Ah, well, yeah. you know.
1: Very similar. Close, we,
0: got a better, no we got a
1: much better deal on our end. <laughs> yes, I think so, too. <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, we're in the recording studio. New Sunspot music. You're going to hear that next month. And uh, if you guys haven't met us before, I'm Mike and... I'm Wendy. And we're from the band Sunspot. And yes. we're with my sister, Allison Jornlin, from
3: milwaukeeghost.com
1: so we uh are just gonna bring you a little bit of the paranormal and pop culture today and uh well first of all thank you last episode we talked about you can share some of that valentine's day love with a new uh, five-star oh, yeah. review on Aww. itunes and it worked they did
0: they really did somebody out there
1: actually loves us somebody Aww. out there loves us
3: they like us. They really
2: like us. They know with a five-star review, baby.
0: And so um uh, Yeah,
1: anyway, so thank, thank you. you for thank that. you
0: uh anonymous reviewer for the five stars. Much appreciated.
1: Yeah, and if you want to actually anyone that uh once their review said aloud on the air or even sung, we've been known to sing five-star reviews. It does happen from time to time. We've been known to sing five-star reviews. You can just go to iTunes and leave a review, and if you leave a nice one, we'll sing it. If you leave a nasty one, we might even sing it if it's funny enough.
0: <laughs> but it still has to have five stars. Yes, that's sung. right.
1: That's true. That's true. Five-star reviews get sung. We, on we don't wanna... podcast. <laughs> right. So anyway, usually we get together and talk about whoever died in the paranormal community. <laughs> and uh, this week, good news. Nobody in the paranormal community that we know at least has died.
0: Yay. Yay. Good Yay. job, everybody.
1: Good job on staying alive. We're going to do our best to do that today in the basement. Yes. So, Allison, look, if anything happens to us during this podcast or we don't make it out of here, it's your job to continue the fight. Oh, so man. You, Allison. Yeah.
3: I, I have to reveal the truth.
1: It's what? your job. Oh. It is your,
0: Right. There's no pressure
3: it's, or anything. <laughs> it's, it's
0: just it's only the entire world
3: counting on you. So. Oh, yeah. man. OK, well, Earth, we got to keep you alive Earth. somehow, some way. Maybe get you a space heater. That's not prone to like catching fire.
1: You know, I used to get excited when I was a kid too because I always thought a space heater meant it was like from space or it had something to do with the space program. That'd be like a space heater. Oh, yeah. Like it had a NASA symbol on it or something or we got this one from the shuttle.
3: Yeah, like those astronaut blankets, you know, like made of tinfoil or whatever. Mm
1: -hmm. Right. Yeah. And they call those space blankets too, right? The Absolutely. That's yeah,
3: right. Yeah, space
1: blanket. At least that's cool and silver. Like a space heater is just small and starts fires. And that's and
3: right. It's, it, you know, like, um, here's another uh, product endorsement. How about the tempur bed? <laughs> okay, I have one. I do love it. So if okay. you're hearing that Tempur-Pedic, we and they don't pay a sponsorship. Us <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but, it's, you know, that one of the selling points that it was space age Material created oh, for the astronauts. I never knew that.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I, I didn't either. So the thing is, like, I've been sleeping on hay <laughs> for the past five years, and I could have had space age material. I That's right. Oh God, I feel so ripped off. See, I do. Well, the reason it's important to take this truth, these truths, to the entire planet, Allison. Yes. Even if we die here in the basement of Cherry Pit Studios <laughs> in Menominee Falls, Wisconsin, like what a place to go. It's like we're going in the bottom of Manawati Falls. Um, it's important because there's another planet out there. There oh. is another world, and that world is full of people that are coming for us.
3: <laughs> I think the whole planet might just crash into us. I think.
1: It's, you know what? I think so too. And if you guys don't know what we're talking about, we are talking about Planet X. That's that is the planet. It sounds of, so of, tough. It's the planet of naughty movies. <laughs> it's like Planet X, I'd like to go there. We don't mess around with PG or R. <laughs> right. It's <laughs> right. It's it's straight to penetration at Planet oh, X. Oh well, no, that's. I mean, I'm just saying that's what happens. It's the, it's the Motion Picture Association uh, of America, not me, that says those right. things. Right. Yes. Okay. Um, so, so the thing is, Planet X is a planet outside the realm of pluto somewhere in the solar system and it's been in the news lately because astronomers have said that they discovered a another planet in the solar system and this is just like this year that um this ninth planet might look outside the solar system and well we'd say tenth planet but what happened with pluto
0: Mwah, yeah. mwah, mwah, mwah. I don't. I don't know if I want to.
1: I don't know if I'm ready to talk about the loss of Pluto yet.
3: So
0: sad. It wasn't
1: that long ago. No, it wasn't that long ago. We had Pluto.
3: Well, and th- there's another connection that I can reveal later. Um, <gasps> that oh. that you know has to do with this Planet Nine from outer space uh, story. <laughs> Uh, that has to do with the demotion of Pluto. So we can talk about that in a little bit.
1: Well, they've been, you know, they, they have rumors, and they've had rumors since the 19th century about the existence of another planet in the solar system. But they just couldn't prove it. They couldn't find it. You know, you, you couldn't see it with a telescope in the 19th century. I'm surprised they could see anything in the 19th century. I know, that's
2: amazing. <laughs> it's like,
1: back then, with th- were things even in color? I don't, you know... <laughs> When you were a kid, no, did you everybody ever? everybody have... was
3: in bla- everybody was in black and white. Did you and, ever have and they that... all moved with jerky movements.
1: <laughs> right, they all moved at 12 frames a second. It was very strange. <laughs>
0: and there was only piano music playing all the time behind <laughs> them.
3: <laughs> like a honky-tonk piano maybe. <laughs> yeah,
1: or like everybody just danced to uh like um scott joplin's maple leaf rag all the time that's like the only they're like oh man like what are you guys what are you guys gonna play today well the maple leaf flag of course well, what what else such is we'll our There's...
3: schema cobbled together with little bits of misinformation <laughs> and television over the years coming the thi- to
1: you <laughs> the thing is that's probably as accurate as some of the theories we discuss on this program
3: oh well that is sadly true
1: so, but the thing is they you know, they envisioned that there was this planet out there and people were saying that Pluto fit that bill. Right. But Pluto wasn't big enough. It was too wee. It was too wee of a planet. <laughs> <laughs> people like Pluto, you're not even a planet anymore, are poor, you? Poor poor little wee Pluto. You'd like to fight about it, you little cray So anyway, poor so Pluto. Pluto. I know. So that's why I said, I don't know if I'm ready to talk about it. Cause like Pluto got kicked out of the club and all like the rhymes and stuff we learned when we were kids are wrong. Like when you're trying to remember all the planets and everything yeah. with now, now everything they told us when we were children is a lie.
3: <laughs> that is so true. Yeah.
1: Well, I, I mean, that's, that's kind of true. Actually it was
3: untrue. Uh.
1: <laughs> hey, okay. Uh, so um, drum sets upstairs or I'd I do the rim right. shot. You can't do a rim shot. Maybe we'll uh. add one in the, in the. post okay now let's fast forward to 2015 now pluto's out of the club pluto you're not big enough to be considered a planet and you know neil degrasse tyson made a big deal out of it you know like he everybody asked him what he thought it's like well he's he the only physicist on the planet (laughs) let's ask the only physicist who's good on television neil degrasse tyson (laughs) i don't know if they asked michio kaku about it
3: yeah yeah he's the other guy (laughs)
1: he's awesome i'm actually trying to make my hair like michio kaku (laughs) I was looking at myself in the mirror the other day, and I've got kind of longer, page boy kind of hair. And I'm life, like, life goals, Mike. Yeah. I'd like, I want to look like Michio Kaku. Because <laughs> well, if you guys see him, Dr. Michio, first of all, he's brilliant. And he's, he, they actually got him to do a bunch of stuff for the Fantastic Four premiere, I believe, last year. Really? So he did a series of videos. um, That's cool. On the science. And he's always doing the science of science fiction. Like they'll have him on Coast to Coast. And we'll be bringing up Coast to Coast several times today because that's where some of the people we've been discussing have been allowed to further their brilliant ideas. And, uh, but they'll always have Michio Kaku on and they'll always ask him stuff. And he just, he seems like a fun guy. And I want to have hair like him. I want to be a silver, silver fox like Michio (laughs) Kaku.
3: Someday, Mike.
1: One of these days I will have that. Anyway. So uh, they used mathematical models and computer simulations to deduce the planet's existence, this planet X outside, you know. Lurking uh,
0: outside the orbits of our solar system. Right.
1: Screwing up orbits like why isn't the math right? Yeah. Well, you so know why it's not right.
3: A little bit too much gravitational pull apparently affecting the objects out there.
1: Yeah. And so here's how um one of, the, one of the scientists that discovers it describes it. Is it
3: Michael Brown?
1: It is Michael Brown.
3: Okay, as I was uh, alluding to earlier, I was doing a little bit of research on this um, myself, and I, I found out that Michael Brown was the one who led the charge to demote Pluto oh really oh, yes he's responsible
0: <laughs>
1: he's the guy with the scottish accent making fun of pluto oh, that's michael brown they know, call kid. me michael brown laddie oh, you are so a, oh what a wee little planet get out of my solar system eh?
3: so uh, some people um were saying that the naming of this new theoretical planet pl- as planet nine was his uh kind of negative comment to uh pluto you know and uh, just another another thorn yeah, another jibe him. yeah he's just jabbing at pluto once we again found another
1: planet you little bastard <laughs>
3: yeah this this one we're gonna name remember when you nine. were a
1: planet <laughs> <laughs> tiny little you're just a tiny you know like an asteroid like an asteroid
3: <laughs> glorified asteroid
1: right anyway so here's what he said and here's his quote in the press release it's almost like having six hands on a clock all moving at different rates. <laughs> and when you happen to look up, they're all in exactly the same place. And that's how he tried to describe the fact that um, the, the elliptical paths, the orbits, that some of these icy bodies in the Kuiper belt beyond Neptune have quarks in their orbits, um that can only be explained by the gravitational influence of a larger or distant planet a
0: beastie Plants. Visty.
1: <laughs> Six hands on a clock. Can you?
0: Can you imagine? You just you picture it. It's it's out there. It's lurking. It's so far away from the sun. It's just
1: in the dark. Just like. And I, and I apologize for the horrible <laughs> oh. Scottish accent, but realize that Michael Brown is a Scotsman who made fun of Pluto.
3: No, I don't. I don't think he's a Scotsman. I. I know he's not I, a Scotsman. He's a guy from Caltech. I don't know if he has any sort of accent. Not even a, like surf surf type accent. <laughs> From hey, Caltech. dudes,
1: it's like six hands on a clock, man, all moving at different rates, but they end up the same thing. Whoa.
3: <laughs> it was just like that. That's a little yeah. bit more, more accurate to Caltech, I would think.
1: Yeah. So Planet Nine, as the mystery object is known now, um, has not been yet observed directly, but he said that they hope other people are going to get inspired and start searching for Planet Nine. What he forgets to mention, Michael Brown, Pluto hater, kilt wearer. <laughs> Who, me? <laughs> talking about me? Anyway, um, the thing about that is he forgets. He
3: he's might like, fight us. You better watch out. <laughs> he wants <must, he's> <laughs> If he
1: <is> Scottish. <laughs> he might give us a Glasgow kiss. <laughs> right. That's a headbutt. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't know, the Glasgow kiss is a headbutt. Anyway, so uh, what he forgets to say is that we've known about Planet X, you know, back what they called a Planet X, first of all, because X stands for the kind of unknown and, and also the X-rated planet. Yeah. <laughs> and it stands for the 10th planet of the solar system. But there's a man who called it, and this is where it gets tough because I don't know exactly how to say it,
3: there's many pronunciations. It seems
1: Nibiru or Nibiru or tra- are you talking about Nibiru? What did your computer just say its name? Say but Nibiru. Okay, so how do we say how do we say that again? Nibiru. Okay, so I think that computer's a, wrong. <laughs> there's actually a YouTube video <laughs> about how
0: to pronounce. it's it's pronunciation guide. Who posted this, Mike? So. Okay,
1: well, pronunciation oh, well, guide is their name on YouTube. Oh, oh, I'm sorry.
0: How to pronounce? Nibiru.
1: Thank you. Thank you. And actually, it's just a little YouTube video that says Nibiru ten times. But so that's how I'm going to pronounce it. Allison, how would you like to pronounce it?
3: Nibiru.
0: Nibiru. We should make our own YouTube video of Allison pronouncing it her
1: way. <laughs> just saying
3: Nibiru, it like Nibiru,
1: 10 Nibiru, times, Nibiru. Nibiru. Or saying it like Michael Brown would. Nib- Nibiru. <laughs> <laughs> that's the real planet, not that wee little Pluto.
3: <laughs> he's got it out for Pluto, I think. What a
1: foolish planet that is.
3: <laughs> that wee little waist thinking that, of something
1: it's something floating around. You're not even a mean.
3: <laughs> that's what the internet said anyway, and must be true. That he's got yes, it out for Pluto. Right,
1: well just like pronunciation guide tells us how to say Nibiru. <laughs> so Nibiru. <laughs> there he is. We can't stop it. Come on. We can't stop and talking now. Okay. All right. It won't stop. And here's the, here's the fun stuff. So Planet X slash Nibiru, Planet X was originally introduced to the American people by a woman from Wisconsin.
2: Yay.
0: Wisconsin represents. Yay. Yes.
1: So we are in Menominee Falls right now. Wendy and I live in Madison, Wisconsin. That's where our band plays. Allison lives in the beautiful metropolis of Milwaukee, Wisconsin.
3: That's right. The haunted, very, very haunted yes. Milwaukee. Yes, full
0: it's, of
1: ghosts. It is a very, it's a very haunted city. A very scary
3: place. <laughs> ghosts are on every corner.
1: So that's um, Nancy Leader. L I E D E R was the first person that kind of. Well, let's just go into a little bit about what she said back in 1995. So Nibiru has been around (laughs) since 1995 at least. And Planet X, this strange, uh, massive object, is going to crash into the Earth. It's a doomsday event, and people call it the Nibiru Cataclysm. Mm. So that's what Nancy said in 1995.
3: And we're all dead. (laughs)
1: <laughs> right right. That, that's why you have to get the truth out Because we don't have to necessarily be dead And we'll go into this Because Nancy tells us where to go to be safe uh. then you can find safe zones When the polar shift happens
3: Oh so she believes in the polar shift too
1: Yeah she's all about the polar shift That's
3: an actually an Edgar Casey thing okay. Edgar Casey, the sleeping prophet Talked about it What um, do you mean
1: the sleeping prophet Like he just liked a nap or what
3: Well uh, as far as I know, he, he would go into a trance, um, yeah, he'd take a little nap and then yeah. he he'd, he'd be able to go into a trance at that point so he couldn't he wasn't like psychic um, when he was awake. He, he would actually have to lull himself into a certain um, altered state, if you will, and okay. then that's where he would get his information downloads all right interesting cool.
1: so edgar right and we'll have a whole episode about edgar casey sometime because he obviously you can still buy edgar casey books at oh yeah any bookstore like he's edgar casey is very much still with us in some way or his influence is still felt
3: yeah there's a whole organization um, dedicated to him as well that uh, still still meets
1: don't you wish that you could fall asleep and just get all your work done i do it'd be amazing you
3: know? i really like,
1: do like, did he ever wake up and be like, hey, hey guys, what did I, do? did I say, something crazy? Did, come on, what did I say? <laughs> I think was this so. Something I mean, all
3: wacky? That's where his, his prophecies came from. So he had the best gig ever.
1: Yeah. So he like he basically takes care of his work and his sleep. Absolutely. Yeah. Bad yeah.
3: And he, he thought there was um an undiscovered planet out there as well. And that when it got close enough to Earth, it would cause a polar shift. Uh, and then and this, we'd and all this die. Is, <laughs> Bingo.
1: And this is the heart of Nancy's prophecy. Okay, a polar shift. Right. What exactly is that?
3: Well, um, I, well I don't know because I'm not a scientist, but um, right. what I, I think um, they thought it was is that the the skin of the earth would rotate. So, you know, like Ew.
0: our position,
3: wow, like Wisconsin's position on the map, would change. So, you know, maybe we'd be in the tropics
1: <laughs> so maybe we should look forward to a polar or shift.
3: Maybe we'd be in the southern hemisphere. Interesting. I don't. I don't know. But it, it's the idea that you know the Earth, the surface of the Earth would shift like the skin um, <gasps> around, and and just you know you'd change uh, global locations almost instantly. Okay.
0: okay. Wait. So okay, that's that's what I was wondering. How much time we're talking about for this to happen? And you yeah. said
3: instantly, like,
0: well, yeah.
1: Overnight. If it happened slowly would the planet really be in danger cuz you'd be like oh my god Wisconsin's going to move to where
3: it's getting Antarctica warmer is. ooh All right and we'd be like no no Antarctica. that's not much of a difference
1: Guys we only have 4 million years to handle this what are we going to do <laughs> All right No but that's completely reasonable Wendy It has to happen in something like a month
3: <laughs> It was it was supposed to be very quick and you know the cataclysm would result because everything's shifting. Right. So the oceans spill on all over the land and, you know, mountains come crashing down because, you know, of all the, all the um, intense pressure.
1: Right. And that's coming from the scientist, Allison. Yes, yes, <laughs> cataclysm. Okay. So, I mean, she goes into detail and originally she said that this was going to happen in May of 2003. Okay. Okay. Now we're talking to each other in February of 2016. Hey. So hey, we so we're guys still alive. bullet dodged. We made it. We made it past this cataclysm. High Thank five. God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Now here's the thing, though. She describes herself as a contactee from Uh-oh. extraterrestrials from the Zeta Reticuli star system, and there's an implant in her brain oh. that lets them talk to her. And she said that she was chosen to warn mankind about planet X like sweeping through the inner solar system and causing this cataclysmic shift. Wow. So aliens and Zeta Reticuli. I think they call them Zetas. Okay. You know, which makes them sound like a frat or right, something like a fish. <laughs> yeah. Like betas.
3: Oh, betas and oh, Zetas. Well, that's nice. Don't put them together in a tank, though. I mean,
0: (laughs) that's bad. And that could be a band name.
3: (laughs) Zetas and Betas?
1: (laughs) Well, interestingly enough, so, I mean, we talked a little bit about the abduction of Barney and Betty Hill. And that was a, that's really the first alien abduction story of the modern era. Happens in the 1960s. Uh, It's a couple that experiences missing time when they're driving home from a party or something like that. And, um... When they come back, there's, several hours have passed, they're back in their car, and they don't remember anything. And it was through hypnotic regression that they started remembering what happened to them on the alien spacecraft. And Betty Hill actually, like, draws, like, a star map. Right. And the closest thing to that star map was this star system called Zeta Reticuli.
2: Huh.
1: And, it, I mean, it's pretty far away. Like, you can't just send an email or whatever from, say, the reticuli.
3: <laughs> well, if you it's have a, a special implant.
1: Then you, you can't. Yeah. Right? It's like a modem upgrade.
3: Yeah.
1: Right? Uh, it's, it's about 39 light years from the Earth, that, which is 12 parsecs. And I didn't know parsec was an actual unit of me- me- measurement. I was
0: <laughs> about that, too.
1: Yeah. It says, oh, t- or 12 parsecs. Well, thank you, Han Solo. I'm <laughs> <laughs> Um, everything i know i learned on star wars (laughs) right like oh oh it's only 12 parsecs well the millennium falcon can make the kessel run and you know anyway (laughs) zeta reticuli is orbited by a circumstellar debris disk so it's got a whole bunch of crap surrounding it like you know probably
3: like otherwise known as a whole bunch of crap
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's what i heard michio kaku say that (laughs) anyway So, yeah, so Zeta Reticuli is pretty far away. That's where Betty Hill said her (laughs) aliens came from, and that's where Nancy said it. So, I mean, we've had experience with the Zetas in the past. Multiple references. You know, and you know, when you think about, I mean, we call them a frat or whatever. When you think about what they did to Barney and Betty Hill.
3: Okay, let's not go into that. This is a family show, even though we're talking about Planet X.
1: I understand, (laughs) but just the... <laughs> right, <laughs> the kind of pranks they pulled on Barney and Betty Hill yes. were like a hazing ritual. <laughs> I'm just saying they had to get some kind Zetas. of samples, I guess. Yes, they had to get some kind of samples <laughs> the the grossest samples you could possibly get. I just hope Zetas have rubber gloves on the ship. Oh, <laughs> if I like you're up there, you're like, oh, <sighs> hey, I don't know if you understand English. I just want to know if you washed your hands. Have
2: <laughs> you got any
1: hand sanitizer? We're the love of I would love
3: it. Or just... whatever those things are. Flippers. I don't know. Yeah.
2: Flippers. Did you wash your
1: flippers? <laughs> Tentacles. Before checking me out. Before doing this. Okay. So she starts, you know, she, I mean, and so Nancy is from an area of Wisconsin, right by the Wisconsin Dells. So we—I mean—that's where the implants happen, I guess. Wow, oh. and that's not far from us at all. That is not the, far from. That's us That's where at
3: you all. go to get implanted. Is it the Dells?
1: I thought it was just for water parks. Now, to anybody that hasn't been to Wisconsin Dells who's listening to this podcast, which is probably everyone, oh. the Wisconsin Dells is like a theme park kind of tourist town that's in like mid-central Wisconsin.
3: If you can and believe it, it's actually a thing.
1: Yes, yeah, it really is. And it's all like water parks and go kart. Uh, yeah lanes. amusement parks and- yeah and when you're a Wisconsin kid and even if you're a kid from Illinois or something like that like you love to go to the Dells because it's like, a, a, like huge water parks and roller coasters and it, it's really fun but also it's where you get implants
3: <laughs>
1: apparently <laughs> so that's the thing about the Wisconsin so she's from near the Wisconsin Dells and I don't know if that's a safe zone because she has a website Zeta Talk and I don't know if you guys have been to Zeta Talk
3: but we'll link to it in the show notes.
1: Of course, we'll link to it in the show yes. notes.
0: Which, by the way, othersidepodcast.com slash 80.
1: Wow, this is our 80th show.
3: Yes. Wow.
1: Holy cats, yeah. yeah so. I was going to say.
3: And hopefully we're not jumping the shark on this one. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so we're <laughs> it's jumping, jumping a... the Planet X.
1: <laughs> right. When you, talk to, when you talk about Planet X, because of all, you know, there's a lot of weird New Age theories, right? Planet X is right at the top. Yeah. Yes. Because it's like, hey, you know what? There's a planet that astronomers haven't seen yet. Okay, how do you know this? Oh, the thing in my brain, dummy. Because they told
3: me. <laughs> because they, they told me through the implant.
1: Yeah, it's the Zetas. <laughs> well, I'm sorry I don't have the Zeta implant. Is that, Does that come with the new iPhone?
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the thing about it is that, you know, why we're doing this podcast is, well, you know, I've been hearing about, you know, we've been hearing about Planet X for years and having that that very thought that, oh, come on, like, really, there's a planet that is on, you know, such a long orbit that that's why we haven't seen it yet. Oh, I don't think that could be true. And it is true. It We're is finding true. out that, you know, that there is. Um, a, th- a theoretical planet. They have not found it yet, but, um, you know, based on the math, ba- based on the weird science. gravitational. Yeah, based Sorry. on science, the weird gravitational effect that's been happening to, um, you know, the outer planets and the other objects, the It's a six planets, hands on a clock. That's right. So based on that, there probably is a huge planet that's uh, 10 times the mass of Earth that, that's out there, On an orbit that is about um, 10,000 or 20,000 years, between 10,000 and 20,000 years um, is how long it takes uh, this uh, planet nine to orbit around the sun. So, you know, that's a long time. Yeah,
1: that's a really long time. And
3: Zachary Sitchin said that um, that planet X only would take thirty six. Uh, thirty six hundred years. No, we're moving orbit. on. Okay, yeah.
1: we were we were talking. We'll we'll get back to Nancy in a little bit. But we're moving on to Zechariah Sitchin. Oh, sorry, Zechariah. <laughs> I mean, Zechariah Sitchin is probably the person who is most associated with Planet X and what he called like the Nibiru. No, Nibiru. Oh, when <laughs>
3: we don't don't, play So let's just say Planet X.
1: <laughs> Nibiru. Okay.
3: Well, or so, he Nibiru. also called it Marduk or or Marduk. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I, I, I'm confused about that one. It's just called Planet X.
1: Yeah, so Planet X, Nabiru, Marduk. He said that he was decoding these ancient Sumerian and Babylonian texts. And they talked about this planet that, you know, that, that Earth ran into. And it was associated with, like, all these horrible things that happened um, 3,600 years ago or whatever. Or whenever the Nabiru came by Earth. And the fun part about it is that of the, the people who live on planet X and who lives on planet X.
3: Not the sexy Nordic. Uh, uh, Nard- <laughs> I can't even say Nordic. I don't even know Nordics. Nordic? No, not the, sexy, the sexy Nordics. Nordics. <laughs> no, it's not the sexy Nordic aliens. It's not the
1: sexy Nordic aliens. <laughs> it is the Anunnaki.
2: Oh, oh. yeah,
1: Anunnaki coming back. Huh. And so right, and so and,
3: that, and not not desirable at all. I would I would think Anunnaki. No, no, no
1: they're the reptilians that control our planet.
3: Are they reptilians? Right. Ooh, yeah.
1: The Anunnaki original. I mean, David Icke talks about <laughs> oh, them as reptilians.
3: That's right. David Icke talks again. Yeah, he talks about reptilians that we have a, a secret uh, group of reptilians running our planet right now. <gasps> that the Anunnaki Those, originally installed here. Oh my gosh.
1: The, right. the connection so X- is made. Planet X connects to David Icke. I originally I think in our original podcast where we talk about David Icke, we pronounce it David Icky, Icky the entire
2: podcast.
3: David Icky, huh? Oh, David sorry.
1: Icky. David. Like so sorry, if you go David back Icke. and listen so go back and listen to that podcast and hear me sound like a total dope. That's, <laughs>
2: yeah. it,
1: that's what you, That is what you hear uh, when you listen to that podcast. But yeah, the Anunnaki, the same ones um, that killed Judge Scalia this week. Uh, that's the, true. Right. Oh, right. But you know the Anunnaki had a part in it, or at least they uh, control uh, the Supreme Court. So whatever they would decide to happen, anyway. But yeah, the Anunnaki, who are, who control the planet, the reptiles that rule the world. Episode uh, three. Episode <laughs> three. They live on Planet X. So, ah, that's their and home that's world. Zechariah Sitchin said, and Zechariah Sitchin, he wrote a lot of books on Planet X. And he was, a co- he was on Coast to Coast all the time. Allison, you still have like the Coast to Coast description of Zachary, oh, yeah, sitting up? Oh, yeah,
3: I do. Okay, like, let's he's see. He's like a Russian. Yeah, it says. I'd he, like to
1: say the word scientist, but I, I think re, we should use the word re, author.
3: Yes, uh, author, researcher. Researcher researcher,
1: researcher's good.
3: Okay, this is the biography according to Coast to Coast AM. It says an eminent Orientalist, and Biblical scholar. Zachariah Sitchin is distinguished by his ability to read ancient Sumerian clay tablets and other ancient texts. Through such texts, religious documents, and archeological findings, he reconstructs epic events that support the existence of extraterrestrial gods who once set nation against nation, and man against man. Ooh, this is reminding me of Stargate a little bit. Wow, He yeah, yeah. is a graduate of the University of London, And worked as a journalist and editor in Israel for many years. He now lives and writes in New York. Well, that's an old uh, description because...
1: Right, because he's dead.
3: He is dead. And um, his last appearance on Coast to Coast
1: was 2010, I believe. But, I mean, he really, he carried that Planet X flag. And he introduced the Anunnaki. Like, Nancy Leder, she introduced the whole idea of the polar shift and the Zetas to it. But Zachariah is like, hey, guys there already are some people that live on Planet X and that's the Anunnaki who when they install their leaders here and stuff like that, the reptilians um, who control it. And so, I mean, Zachariah Sitchin, I just, I used to remember listening to him on Coast to Coast and um, I, was, I was always intrigued because he sounded like an intelligent guy.
3: Yeah, he had a but really, he, really a good accent. That, yeah, <laughs> he got helps that with Russian, credibility. like,
1: it yeah. does help with credibility. It has some like,
3: gravitas whoa. to it. You're like, I got to listen now.
1: Yeah, like this guy, this guy really knows what he's talking about. And he he's can read speaking it. the truth. He can read ancient Sumerian clay tablets like I can't. That's pretty hardcore. Well, and the thing, what I like too, though, is that it's, you know, it's already 2010 when they write that and they still call him an Orientalist. Like you have to be an old man to, be, to get away with like, oh, I'm an Orientalist. Hey, shh, like,
3: cut that. Like right. you can't say that. Right. That, that word's gone out of favor.
1: <laughs> right. right. And, as, and, we, and we talk about uh, um, the obsession with Orientalism that came around with Egyptology, and also why all of the uh, theaters and stuff from the early 1900s have Oriental names. Oh, right.
3: Oh, yeah.
1: In our episode about the uh, haunted Hollywood, um, I go in front of the Oriental Theater, and we also talk about the Egyptian Theater in Hollywood, and how they have—we um, partied right next to the Egyptian Theater. Yeah, we remember? did. We
0: yeah. had a concert. And
1: Two um, doors down from there. Right. And so they named them those things because they were really interested and in, they were Orientalists. And so the idea of that this place is a, a strange, mysterious thing, that's why the Oriental Theater in Milwaukee.
3: Right. Yeah. So, so people were really fascinated um, in the Occidental world. <laughs> that's <Yes>. the counterpart <laughs> in the Occidental world with the deep, dark, mysterious East.
1: Right and uh and so Zechariah Sitchin was when his when he's you know dealing with these cl- Sumerian clay tablets and discovering the secrets of the Anunnaki and sharing them with us, and obviously sounding like a crazy guy the entire time, but <laughs> but the, you know that's the a thing
3: value is, judgment but that yeah, is
1: you're right that's but, a value right. judgment. but yeah there are there
3: are um scholars who have questioned. His work, and even some scholars that were on Coast to Coast, um, one who was, is locally based is, is from Wisconsin, you know, questioned his um, translations of the Sumerian text.
1: Who's the guy from Wisconsin um, that questioned his translation? I
3: think his name is Michael Heiser. Okay. So anyway, maybe we got to get him on in the future.
1: I think we do, because you got to be pretty gutsy to take on Zechariah Sitchin. The man, is a, the man is a noted Orientalist.
3: <laughs> That's right.
1: So he also predicted this thing, but it was less about the cataclysm and more about the Anunnaki screwing with us every 3,600 years. Yeah, mm.
3: come back and- That's not very nice. And make right. sure that, that their reign here on Earth is unquestioned. Make sure that their leaders are reinstalled if necessary. Mm. And that
1: really is like Stargate.
3: Yeah, like very much like Stargate.
1: So if you guys have ever seen the movie Stargate, uh, everybody obviously at this table has <laughs> seen <laughs> yes. Stargate. Yes. But the idea is that um, ancient aliens came and they installed themselves like in Egypt and stuff, and they had the Egyptians worship them, build pyramids to them, and they took the place of the Egyptian gods. So these ancient aliens were actually the Egyptian gods, and then they took off for a while, and then you find the Stargate, and it comes back, and Kurt Russell has to kick some butt uh, (laughs) to make sure that they they don't take over our planet again. And then eventually MacGyver... Joins the Stargate team <laughs> and like he's on Star, MacGyver's on Stargate for like 10 years. You know, to tell you the truth, I never watched the Stargate TV show. No, me it's either. It's on
0: all the time. The, the reruns are on
1: uh, one of the over the air channels, like almost
0: continuously.
1: And I know, I know it's got it. I mean, people love it. And I'm sure if I was a kid, I would have loved it. Mm. I just didn't have that particular time at that time in my life. I was just like, ah, it's okay. <laughs> but yeah. So, I mean, so Stargate kind of covers that same kind of thing that Zechariah Sitchin's going into here it's not as much about Planet X, but it is about these ancient aliens being worshipped as gods. Now, um, what he didn't get to in the cataclysm, though, is, like, let's say a pole shift happened. Let's go back to Nancy later for a mm, second. And let's yeah. say this pole shift happened. How do we know where we go? How do we, how do we find a safe place?
0: Like where the ocean isn't going to mm-hmm. overtake you or something. Right,
1: where well, you're not going to die. And the thing is... The thing is, she has a website on her zetatalk.com oh, with awesome. seven steps to safe location determination. So this is your chance. Uh, if you haven't been to this site yet, this is your chance to save your life. Oh and it also shows you when the pole shift happens, where the, where the countries are going, where the continents are going. North America basically shifts west or east bunch. So North America and Greenland kind of shift northeast, you know, when you're looking at it. South America goes way north. Like South America yeah, is. Yeah, it's not even. Yeah, if you're South America, you're in trouble, brother, because
0: you're going. <laughs> put, the, all... put the bikinis away. Yeah, get off. It's out done. The, uh... You think the Snow Zika? Pants.
1: You think the Zika virus is scary? Wait till you happen to the Nairobi cataclysm. Like you're going straight to North Pole. <laughs> so that's that's the warning of South America, um, Antarctica. Ooh, it's gonna get toasty there. Yeah, and on the equator. Antarctica goes on the equator, which if you're a penguin. That Aww. sucks. <laughs> oh,
0: poor
1: like, penguin. If you are a penguin, you go going to die. Sad
0: penguin.
1: Aww. Well, yeah.
3: what about us in Wisconsin? Where are we going? To the tropics, right? We're going to take the position that Hawaii's
1: in right now, right? No, we're going to be basically where Greenland was.
3: Oh, come on. Greenland?
1: <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, the funny thing is they call it Greenland when it's really full of ice.
3: I know. Right. Oh. it's, it's freezing.
1: Green. And they call Iceland... Well, that, and they call it Iceland. It have, I mean, it's not that cold. Like, I
3: don't Iceland like is not as cold as anymore.
1: Wisconsin. Yeah, this prophecy is the worst because we thought we were going to the equator, but yeah. Antarctica goes to the equator.
0: This is that cool, though. Makes no you can, sense. If you go to this website, you can print the map and tape it together to form a new globe. So you have your own little like, new world globe.
1: Yeah, a little DIY <laughs> globe so you know where you're going to be when the cataclysm happens. Now, India basically goes to where Antarctica was. Um, Europe goes where south america was
0: you really should you really should just look at the map and see because it's, yeah it's, it's different
1: africa's kind of out in the australia area i mean it's Australia's somewhere inside asia it's i mean yeah. it's all it's all a mess
0: i'm thinking we jump we go to antarctica yeah okay and then we just kind of hang out until the shift happens bring our, bring
1: our bathing suits and our snorkels that's it and just like live we can live in that base where wherever they shot the thing right
3: Exactly. Well, that sounds appealing
1: because that, no, that base is empty, Allison.
3: <laughs> no, I don't think it's empty. There's there's those little skittering things that with many legs field. in the corners. Uh,
1: so we go to Antarctica. Like we go to that base. Uh, we grab Kurt Russell's flamethrower from that movie for like a just in case, <laughs> and then we take it out. Or, or we can go to the other one, uh, the Norwegian base. Anyway, okay. Antarctica I like is,
3: the those are Nordics there at the Norwegian base, right?
1: Yes. Now, are there alien Nordics? I guess I don't know what you're
2: talking
3: oh, about. Oh, you don't know what I'm talking about? Okay. No. So, so apparently, you know, in um, ufology, uh, there are, you know, many alien races that, that uh, people have described. And right, um, of like course, the there's the greys, which I think everybody probably knows. And then there's the reptilians, which need no description really, and <laughs> uh, you know the name takes care of it. And yeah. then there's the sexy Nordics, which are, are supposed Va-va-va-voom. to be, uh, yeah, like very attractive, um, tall. Are they literally
1: called the sexy Nordics? They're well, just called Nordics? they're called
3: the Nordics. <laughs> I just <laughs> one word. <laughs> <laughs> they're just called the Nordics. Anyway, okay. so they're the tall, sexy Nordics, baby. slender. Uh, long haired beings they're buff they're really buff they're really buff (laughs) and they look you know kind of like Norwegian little Thorish you know blonde hair and blue eyes really tall and built so yeah the sexy Nordics
1: okay well that's an alien that I it's like okay like take me to your leader or whatever (laughs) right or
0: right take me to your leader now
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's like go ahead and run all the experiments you want (laughs) Solar. I don't mind. No, try this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. So I love the sexy Nordics. That's not I've never I haven't heard of them before. So that's exciting. The idea <laughs> okay. is they don't have to be like butt ugly aliens. No. But they're sexy ones. Yeah. And and they'll experiment on us. That's nice. Right. Are they evil? Are they evil? Nor- no, Nors- they're ben?
3: supposed to be nice too. Oh my gosh, they're the best ever.
1: Oh, then are you are you fair. googling? They're sexy and nice. No, yeah. we just we I mean, were having a conversation here. So, I, but I'm I, no, I don't like the idea that they're nice because all of a sudden they're buff, they're from space, they got and everything, they're nice. That means they're gonna t- like all your oh, chicks yeah. are belong to yes. us. All your earth <laughs> <they're gonna> t- <laughs> belong to us. They're going to take all our Earth women. Because it's like, well, yeah, he is from space, but he's built. Uh, he's a super nice guy. And, like, I don't care if you have a Lamborghini. It ain't going to compete with a spaceship.
3: Okay, here's what Google says. If, if, you, if you Google Nordic aliens, it comes up with a, with a uh, description, and here it okay. is. Nordic aliens are one of several types of extraterrestrials featured in the UFO mythos. Nordic aliens. Please tell me there's an artist rendering. There is, actually. Nordic aliens are said uh, by self described contactees and some ufologists to be a group of humanoid extraterrestrials who resemble European racial images or, more specifically, Nordic Scandinavians. So they look Um. like Thor. And that's that's what they show you. you.
0: They're
1: Teutonic supermen from space.
3: Yes.
0: I think the artist who rendered this should have maybe used their imagination a little better. I don't think they're very sexy.
3: <laughs> no? <laughs> look, they look angry. Oh, this one looks angry? Oh, well, the, these guys in the Google okay. description. But I need th- to look for more. Yeah. I'll, I'll, oh, there's one that looks like, kind of like Fabio. Yeah. In <laughs> a, a, a purple a, jumpsuit. Imagine. Yeah.
1: That's... Right. Oh man, Earthmen got na- like we're we're done for sure. Like the race is gonna ch- the human race is.
3: Oh in man, trouble. this one's even better. I'm gonna send this. <laughs> a okay. Link right.
0: to this right. one. Right. Well,
1: right. we'll have to put those in the show notes. Yeah. But enjoy. the thing is, Zechariah Sitchin never talks about the sexy Nordics.
2: And
0: that was a really big tangent.
1: It, it is. is. But it was a fun one. No, it was. Yeah, it but was the thing is, when we're tangent. talking about the variety of aliens out yeah. there, because we're talking about the Zetas, we're mentioning the reptilians, the mm-hmm. Anunnaki that live on planet X and and, um, Nibiru, uh, you know, sexy Nordics might live, like they might have their own continent there or whatever. And they're nice too. Like they're not evil aliens. Like, did you ever see that Scarlett Johansson movie under, under the skin? Oh
3: yeah. That was really weird.
1: Yeah. Well, there's a sexy alien you don't want to run into. No,
3: that was bad.
1: What's the worst of the sexy alien movies? I think we all can agree species
3: species
1: yes yes of course remember species is a so speak you know it's a sexy alien that wants to reproduce and stuff quickly right but then that's uh, so nice but then she stars in a movie that's horrible (laughs) And, and so nobody does now for a really good sexy alien movie so take under the skin and also look for life force
3: Oh yes, Life Force! Oh my gosh, I love yeah. that movie because okay, it's more than just um, a a movie about aliens. I mean, there's there's elements of you know, vampirism and uh, the zombie apocalypse. I mean, it seems to have all of this good stuff like stirred together in a in a pot with a love story.
2: <laughs>
3: Wait, wasn't Life Force?
1: Go ahead. It's got a naked alien walk. Just the aliens just naked the entire time too. <laughs> And so uh, that makes it extra fun. Right. Like it's, just a, it's just a naked alien walking around, turning people into space vampires. That's
0: fun. I, I thought Life Force was the movie where the guy has to like shrink down and go in a little ship in the, the guy's body. You're thinking oh,
3: of
1: inner
2: space. Inner
3: space. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Oops. With, okay. Martin, with Martin Short and... Uh, Dennis. Dennis Quaid. Oh, Dennis Quaid, movie. the non-crazy brother.
2: Oh, I that movie. okay, that was that was, that was,
3: was way great. off. On
0: Inner that Space.
1: One. Is, Inner Space is a fantastic movie. Yeah, but Life Force is directed by Toby Hooper, and Toby Hooper is the man that gave us the Texas Chainsaw Massacre.
3: Oh, wow.
1: And Poltergeist.
3: Wow. wow.
1: So I mean, Toby Hooper is. A, I mean, he's a great director, and Life Force is, is a really strong movie. To re- recommend.
3: And it's pretty delicious too.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, Patrick Stewart. It's Patrick Stewart right before he becomes Captain Picard, isn't it? Really?
3: Patrick Stewart is not it? Oh, I've got to see it again for sure. Yeah, it's sure. Our
1: Life Force. It might be on Netflix, but it's definitely, it's definitely worth a watch. But that's not the only pop culture that, uh, I mean, these, that. well, we're talking about sexy aliens, but let's talk about pop culture that talks about Planet X. Scooby-Doo had an entire Nibiru-like plot arc. Really? That there was going to be a Nabiru cataclysm. I like the Mystery Incorporated. Scooby-Doo just came out a couple of <laughs> years ago. And I haven't watched a Scooby-Doo episode in a long time because...
3: Because you're grown up now, right? <laughs> yeah. And
1: I, Scooby-Doo used to be my favorite. Aww. Like when I was little, Allison, Wendy, I loved Scooby-Doo. Like that was what I would get excited when I... It- so does Ben. Our bandmate. Yes, oh I know gosh. Ben Lesko. It was his do. favorite.
3: Now, in,
0: in what's college,
1: your take? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it was in college. And then I went back oh, when Ben God. was watching him in college and I was like, holy crap, <laughs> this is the stupidest thing i ever seen. <laughs> but that was his favorite and childhood used cartoon. to love it. Well. Yeah. Oh, man, I used to love Scooby-Doo so much. and So I, so I don't watch new Scooby-Doo because I don't want my childhood to be destroyed anymore.
3: <laughs> so, okay, um, speaking of things that destroyed your childhood, what's your take on
1: Scrappy-Doo? Annoying. Uh, let me animal love splatter. Love or hate? No, I always hated Scrappy-Doo anyway. He annoys me. And because, and because he would always get them in trouble. Like, I couldn't handle how nobody just would, like, lock Scrappy in a car and don't roll down the window.
2: Why oh, oh.
1: Like, he should be a parking lot casualty. Scrappy was the worst. Because he'd always get them in trouble. Like, and everybody's like, oh, yeah, let's bring Scrappy along. Even though every time he comes along, he gets us in, like, a fight with a ghost that we can't take. We have to end up running away. Um, and, or why do they bring along Scooby-Dum? Do you guys remember scooby Dumb? Scooby's great... <laughs> Scooby had he was a great like cousin. like
3: bizarro Superman or something
1: like that. Yeah, yeah. Scooby Dum's just like, "Hey,
0: Scooby. But we got to know <laughs> Allison. What's your take on Scrappy?
3: Well, nay? I think he was the Jar Jar Binks of, uh, <laughs> <laughs> of Scooby doo
1: Ouch. Misa want to get in a
0: fight.
3: Misa <laughs> want a Scooby
0: snack.
1: Wasn't that? was like stealing the Scooby, Scooby snacks too. Let Misa add him. He's a brat. Yeah, yeah I no, he will like, fight. I mean,. The, the Scooby, right. the quote unquote, Scooby Snacks, right. which they had to get at the Colorado Dispensary before taking the mystery machine out for a ride. So it's featured on Scooby-Doo. And also, there's an entire Doctor Who, the first Doctor, encounters the Cybermen on their home planet of Mondas in the episode called The Tenth Planet. Ooh. And that idea, and this is spoilers for the first, like the first doctor. So this episode aired in 1966. If you're afraid of, <laughs> like if you're going at it from the beginning, like I'm spoiling the third season here. Um, they, so that earth had a twin planet originally called Mondas, And then a cataclysm happened that sent Mondas out into space and also like created our moon or something like that. Ooh. And in order to survive being, you know, far out in space, The people that lived on Mondas, who were humans originally, had to develop cyber parts, and they became the Cybermen.
0: And then they eventually,
1: they eventually build an engine in their planet, and they head back to Earth to go kick our butts.
3: Oh, okay. So this is really interesting that you're mentioning this because now, you know, I've been thinking, you know, as we're recording this about you know, Planet X and and thinking about um, these old, you know, Sumerian stories that uh, Zachariah Sitchin was digging up. And I think the way it goes is that there was a planetary collision between a planet called Tiamat and a planet called Marduk. And so... Uh,
1: Tiamat Tiamat is also the name of a badass dragon. Oh, really? Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Okay. Because Tiamat's, Tiamat's named after like an ancient Babylonian god.
3: That's right. And which... Which um, was a dragon. Anyway, yeah, so these, these two planets one. collided, and out of the collision came our moon. And then the other planet, you know, which I think was Marduk, um, you know, went sailing, you know, far away uh, and got onto another orbit. So I, I think that that really has a connection to um, you, you know these ancient Sumerian texts.
1: Right. So I think Zachariah's Ascension Watched a lot of Doctor Who before he uh, before he decided to to like to code them. And he's like, wow, I can't believe there's this another planet and there's a collision and all this stuff happens. And then the the Cybermen living on uh, Naboo. And so so Doctor Who like this an entire uh, the Cybermen are the, the probably the Doctor's second greatest foe um, because they were introduced in the 1960s and they like every couple of seasons is at least a Cybermen episode. And they are our that's the 10th planet. They are the twin humans that lived on there that eventually decided to change themselves into emotionless Cybermen. And if you guys haven't seen Doctor Who and you listen to this podcast, number one, watch it. Uh, number two, if you haven't seen Doctor Who but have seen Star Trek The Next Generation, basically think of the Cybermen as the original Borg. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, they pretty much got the idea from, of the Borg from the Cybermen, except the Borg have a cube and the Cybermen have a planet that they drive around. Now, in true Doctor Who fashion, like, not that much weird gravity stuff happens when an entire planet just shows up next to Earth one day. <laughs> and, like, nobody, uh, like, none of astronomers, you know, if a planet was driving through space. <laughs> now, think about how you can see a car from a mile away. If it's a clear, uh, let's say, some kind of road, flat road horizon, you can see, like, oh, that car is coming from a mile away. Sometimes you see it so far out that it takes, like, 10 minutes for that car to go from there to here. Now imagine you're not just on a clear road, but you're in space and a planet just travels a million miles to earth and no, like no astronomers know. Right, it's right, right. like, Oh my God, look at this. There's a planet showed
0: up. And it's not just like an asteroid or something. It's like right. It's <laughs> Mondas,
1: It's Mondas planet X, the 10th planet. And so that's just a couple of our, uh, pop culture references to the 10th planet and planet X. And, you know, I, th- I think. One of the reasons we had to talk about Planet X and finally confront the prophecies and finally get into the whole, like, what we've been making fun of for the past 20 years is that they might be right. I'm not saying that Anunnaki are right. I'm not saying that the Zetas who gave us that warning, because the thing is, Nancy gave us a warning, and here's what made me think of locking Scrappy in the car. Oh <laughs> so, so, Nancy Leader appeared on K Rock in Los Angeles. K Rock FM is a famous rock and roll radio station. Or uh, was a famous rock and roll radio station, especially in the eighties. And she appeared talking about the upcoming Nabiru Cataclysm. And she said you should euthanize your pets. Oh so they don't have to experience the pole shift. And she said she euthanized her own pet yeah, because of the pole shift, upcoming pole shift and the cataclysm. So that makes me sad. So I hope nobody actually euthanized their pets. Right. Aside so from her. Well, she said she, I mean, later on, she said she euthanized the pet because it was sick. Oh,
0: okay. Well, that's different, I suppose.
1: But I mean, it's, it's also very different than to go on. To tell people to do the so most popular, yeah. the most popular radio station in Los Angeles, and tell everybody they should euthanize their hmm. pets. And this was before uh, hale Bop. She wasn't
0: just talking about Scrappy Doo, like she was no. talking
1: about <laughs> right. It wasn't just like if your pet's totally annoying and keeps getting into fights, and is actually a them. cartoon character. <laughs> <laughs> you should euthanize them. Like, how do you euthanize a cartoon character? Like, you just use an <laughs> eraser?
2: Yeah,
3: <laughs> <laughs> one of those really big erasers.
1: <laughs> right. But anyway, uh, so she did that, and I mean, then obviously the end of the world didn't happen, and no pole shifts happened, and and she's like, "Well, you know, they're they're not going to give me the true date of the end of the world because, um, you know, there'll be too much mass panic and stuff if we give people the true date of the cataclysm. So it's another way of getting getting out of having to say like, right?
0: Because if they did that, then I mean, I'd. I wouldn't be able to keep coming on your radio program and right, scaring like people.
1: I gave myself a I gave myself kind of an expiration date here where it doesn't matter what I say anymore. And also they they tried to tie uh Nabiru cataclysm into December 21st, 2012.
3: Right, that was the next date.
1: Uh, yeah. And I mean December 21st, 2012 was in all of the They talk about Nabiru a little bit in the movie 2012. Ah. In the Roland Emmerich, also the man that directed Stargate.
3: Interesting. Yeah. So there's a connection there.
1: There is a connection to the mm. Anunnaki and Stargate and everything. So um, we needed to delve into Planet X because the whole the thing is, there probably is another planet out there. But its orbit is 10,000 years. So they haven't actually seen it. You know, they haven't actually found it. But the thing is, there's evidence of a planet even beyond your little, wee little, wuss planet, Pluto. There is uh, something out there. And I just hope that... Isn't really full of Anunnaki Who are coming here to take over the world I mean after they took care of it, Just like they took care of Antonin Scalia last week <laughs> right. Just saying Anyway uh, Thank you for joining us again today Alison. Yeah, thanks, we always Alison have a good time talking to you Thank and you, your, it,
3: was, it was a hoot
1: You were always a font of paranormal knowledge True and So the world needs more like you
3: I try, thank
1: you so much So, this week's Sunspot song is a song about those uh, cataclysms, oblivion, the kind of Armageddon and the end of the world. And when you can't get that off your mind, the song is called Cemetery Highway.
2: Listening to today's episode, you can find us online at othersidepodcast.com. Until next time, see you on the other side. And
0: I can't, yeah, can't believe we, we missed, the missed the most obvious, obvious thing we could have done. Let's talk about X, baby. Let's <laughs> talk about Anunnaki. <laughs> oh my
2: God! Come on. Oh, what a wee little planet. Get out of my solar system, eh?